welcome, uh, Tribe of Nerds, to uh, our Skywalker Saga recap. We are going to be talking about the main nine Skywalker Saga films and Rogue One. We're skipping Solo because no one really cares about that movie. Oh, <laughs> um, so we'll start, unfortunately, with The Phantom Menace. We'll be starting with the prequels and doing prequel memes as we go. Now this is podcasting. So... <laughs> So, <laughs> so, um, initial impressions of the Phantom Menace. Did you just ask me what my initial impressions were of the Phantom Menace? <laughs> yes. Wow. I suppose we can all agree that the, the, uh, Let's try. We should try spinning. That's a good trick. I think they messed oh, up. Oh my god! With this, like, uh, you know, because because you know, Lucas, you know, he, he took a big he he took a big chance with this one. You know, uh, he wanted to tell the rest of the story. I just don't think it fell through. I don't know if other audience members felt the same, but like on, on a serious note, I just don't. I don't find The Phantom Menace to be that much of an entertaining movie. I think I think a young Ewan McGregor and, you know, obviously Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love those guys. But like, I just... I don't know. Yeah. It's not like it was, it was too political or anything. Like... I don't care. Like, it's it's fine. Like, like I rewatched episode three the other day, and it's like, it doesn't, it's not that demanding of a movie. Like, you don't have to be, like, a poli-sci dude to, like, get it. But, I don't know. It just wasn't very encapsulating. And that's, that's where I remember about The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, my initial impressions. So, as a kid... I used to love it just because of the couple scenes you mentioned, Gabe. I mean, I understand that that's definitely the reason that kids even liked this movie. Um, I, you're right, I didn't really, I guess, care as much about the story. Um, I think that just, like, 15 minutes of a film, like, even on this rewatch, it's just like, 15 minutes of film is not enough to make it a good movie. Like, you need a full film and like 15 minutes isn't even a movie so i mean and yeah. yeah i don't know where they really messed up either it's really weird like maybe they needed more action scenes like episode three is my favorite uh prequel right like that that one starts off like with action scenes so like right i don't know right yeah i agree um it's just I don't know. It's we'll get to it in our rankings, but I mean this went down a full point for me even on this rewatch because I originally was going to put it in the same camp like when we've done our MCU rankings on this podcast. I've put kind of the mediocre like the Iron Man 2 and the first Thor at a 3.5, which is like a little bit above average and I was originally going to put it at that went down a full point for me. Um so uh so I mean it's just it's hard to... We'll get to it. Um, kind of just spoiled my ranking for later, but, I mean, we'll get to it later. Um, let's get into casting, um, and we'll get Josh's opinions on it in a bit. Um, so, Liam Neeson is Qui-Gon Jinn, and I like Liam Neeson a lot in this movie. I think he's one of the bright spots of this movie. I don't think Liam Neeson goes wrong in the movie. 
I'm just disappointed he died. I mean, I knew that he was probably going to, um, and, like, even as a kid, because he doesn't appear in the other movies, but, like, yeah, I like Liam Neeson in this, so. Oh, yeah, he's a huge part of the movie. I really wish he would have stayed around longer, but honestly, it shapes, uh, it shapes Obi-Wan's character. Right. Quite a bit, like, you know, like, half of Obi-Wan, I wouldn't say half, like, a lot of his story is, like, based around, based around his, uh, his mentor and losing him, and, right. uh, I know, I know, uh, frickin' Darth Maul shows up later in, like, the TV shows or something. Yes, he does. So it's just, like, yeah, yeah, it's just, like, it, Obi-Wan still has to deal with that part of his past, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, the casting is, it's, it's pretty good, um, yeah. And I know, like, Liam Neeson just loved being on Star Wars. And, I mean, we'll talk about Ewan McGregor here very, very shortly. But him and Ewan McGregor used to just make lightsaber noises when they were just doing the choreography for the movie. Uh, I think it's on the special features, and it's just them making lightsaber noises uh, during one of the um, stunt uh, stunt um, scenes. Um, so, yeah, and then let's move on to Ewan McGregor. Um as Obi-Wan, and here where he's just a young buck, and we knew him as, you know, by this point, um, the original trilogy had come out in the 70s and 80s, and now uh, we knew him as Ben Kenobi, and now we're getting to see this very young Obi-Wan Kenobi, and so it's, it's, it's a cool thing to be like, okay, so obviously they're going to set up Obi-Wan through this prequel trilogy, because we knew that George Lucas was planning this to be a trilogy at the time. And so it, it's cool to be like, okay, this is where Obi-Wan really started, and so we're going to see him grow through three movies into oh, what yeah. he becomes. And Obi-Wan's a very likable character, so I'm glad George Lucas decided to start with Obi-Wan, because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, as you said, you know, we see him as, like, an older man initially. So mm-hmm. that's, like, that's quite the jump, and he's not even, like, you know, the main, main character. But, but... To tell the story of, you know, Luke Skywalker, I think you kind of have to start with Obi-Wan. He, right. He's, but he's important, overall. Um, but, yeah, it is very cool to see him as a younger, younger Jedi. Yeah. Um, I want to I save some of the memeier characters for when Josh gets back. So, uh, Natalie Portman as Padme Amidala... And I do want to say, like, the costuming in, for some of these characters in this movie is very, very good. Uh, Amida- uh, Queen Amidala, like, her costuming is amazing. Um, I, like... And I actually... This is actually one one of my favorite Natalie Portman roles. I know I don't give her... I If you've listened to the MCU podcast so far, you know that I'm not a big fan of Natalie Portman as Jane Foster and the MCU, and she's coming back, but it just, you know, I, I actually like her as Padme in the prequel trilogy, so, um. Oh, yeah, no, I I agree, I agree. Like, she doesn't always, like, um, you know, she doesn't always deliver, Mm -hmm. uh, her best performance, but I, I like her in this, uh, prequel trilogy. It's not, you know, it's not awful, um, yeah, mm-hmm. brings a lot of emotion to the screen. Um, yeah. It is kind of weird seeing, like, she looks super young in The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because this was 1999, so, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that Natalie Portman is looks very young. Because, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. She started acting, like, in the 90s, I think. Yeah. So, um, it's it's... Yeah, she looks very, very... And her Padme in this movie is 14, I think. Um, I think that's the age, because I think Anakin is 10, and I know that Attack of the Clones is, like, 10 years after this movie. Um, yeah. So, I, I think... Um, at, at the very least, Padme is not too much older than Anakin, but... Yeah. Then it would start to be weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Um, and then let's kind of mention, of course, we've got Sam Jackson as Mace Windu. I mean, just, you when you get a big actor like Sam Jackson, um, 
and they just they don't use him too well here. They start using him more when we get to attack the clones. Um, but, you know, here he's just kind of like the strict member of the Jedi Council. Like, he's kind of the, he's the head of it, kind of with Yoda. And, but he's like, he's the very strict, like, kind of like the hall monitor kind of person on the Jedi Council, so. Yeah, I agree. I, even though that he wasn't utilized, uh, as much as he was in 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a very welcome face among the cast. I like him. Um, awesome Jedi. Badass. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna uh, get to the badass MFR that put that on his lightsaber later. Um, but uh, that's a fun fact. Um, and let's talk about the really ugly puppet Yoda that on Disney Plus now they because I remember back in like 2010, 2011, they remastered Phantom Menace in theaters again and re-released it just to fix Yoda and like put CGI over the bad looking puppet. So, um, so luckily when I went on Disney plus and it's the CGI Yoda and then I like, I sent you guys a picture of the really bad looking puppet and it looks so awful. Oh, yeah. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Maybe that was the best... It probably was the best they could do in, like, you know, 1998, 99? I think it was 99. Yeah, 99. Um, that was... I don't know, like... <laughs> the the technology was probably still a little shabby, so, like, they're like, okay, let's just run the puppet, you know, but, like, oh, he's so ugly. That's an ugly-ass little puppet. <laughs> It's it's fine, like it, you know, it's Yoda, it's cool, but like Yeah. You know, the special effects weren't always there in general. Like, even if you're talking about like the the kooky remaster that was dropped in like the two thousands or something when it got released on D V D uh it's not always there. And that's just how it is. I don't know if that should detract from the rating, but it's yeah. yeah, I think particularly I noticed it in Phantom Menace because they really, because they had to like dub it over the creepy puppet Yoda speaking. So it's kind of like you notice the mouth. I noticed the mouth movements on this rewatch were kind of off at points, and so it was just like really, really weird to me. Um, but that's just kind of how they did this the re release remastered Phantom Menace. Um, and I think that, again, I think that's the only reason why they re-released it was to fix this. I can't think of anything else that they, like, changed. Um, so, um, there's a couple other characters we can get to before Josh hopefully gets back, because that's why I'm saving some of these characters. Um, R2-D2, I believe Kenny Baker is still portraying him, uh, through the prequel trilogy. Um, and so, I mean, that... It's interesting the way they introduced him with him being the one to, like, save their, uh, their Naboo cruiser, um, so they could land somewhere, or fix the shields as they were trying to get through the blockade, um, and then it's just like, you know, when they're, when the queen's like, oh, what's his name, and we're all like, well, it's R2-D2, of course, and so, I mean, I don't know, it's just kind of like, you know, they have to go through the motions of introducing him, but. Yeah. Um, they could have streamlined some of it, because, like, obviously the audience knows, but, uh, other than that, you know, uh, fan favorites, like, a lot of people that saw the original trilogy were probably happy to see them. Yeah, and... C-3PO looks like a, a freak. Yeah, naked. Right, it was so weird to see him as just, like, a bunch of wires and stuff, and, you know, they obviously made it so that Anakin created C-3PO, which is kind of interesting um just to have that be the way c3po became a thing um and i mean we don't even get his gold his gold plating on until i think episode three because episode two he gets like the weird like dirty armor on or the black armor on so it's just i don't know we're not really i don't like i know anthony daniels i think was still voicing c3po but i mean he it's i don't i obviously don't think he was inside this weird like figure of wires and stuff i'm i'm thinking it was some 
animatronic or something. I don't know. Yeah, they really took their time with uh, the prequels. Like, everything... It, it kind of feels like they felt the need to, like, explain everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but that's that's what the plan was. I mean, they're settling in, settling in for the long haul. Like, you know, like, Lucas wanted to tell this from, like, the very beginning, you know, so... Right. At least as far as Anakin is concerned, so... Right, um, and we can get to kind of the logistics of that. Um, and then let's just mention, um, let's just mention Ian, Ian McDiarmid as Palpatine here. I mean, we see him as a senator here, um, he's from Naboo, we know that, um, and really this start of his rise to power is getting, uh, Queen Amidala to help dethrone, uh, Chancellor Valorum, who is played by, I believe, Terrence Stamp, who's like this... I think he's somewhat an actor who plays, like, a lot of kind of villainous roles, kind of. He just kind of fits that mold. So I think it's kind of interesting that kind of Paul Bettine seems more like what you would see as a good guy. A good guy, like, politician trying to do the right thing, but he's obviously Dart Sidious. And then you have Chancellor Valorum, who the actor kind of typically plays these evil roles, but he's actually, like, a really good person it's just here he gets completely overthrown by paul Bettine's political move oh yeah like that's that's definitely an interesting little like tidbit about the movie mm-hmm. and, you know like i i love that performance out of him i really like palpatine i uh yeah it's just really interesting and you get to see like it unfold from the very beginning as i said before mm-hmm. and um yeah, he's a memorable performance. Yeah, a, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another meme. Um, I get. I, I want to save a couple of the characters. Josh still isn't back yet, so I I kind of want to just talk about kind of briefly. Um, let's let's talk about uh, the music of this movie. I mean, we kind of sure. briefly mentioned it. I mean, the Duel of the Fades is one of the most iconic Star Wars uh, scores ever. And I mean, mm. for them only using it for five minutes and for it to be as remembered as it is, I mean, that that just speaks to how good John Williams is as a composer. Oh, yeah, that was definitely the standout piece, but like all of John Williams' stuff, mm-hmm. still good. Very fitting. Um, you know, and there's like, there's other enjoyable scenes like, besides the mall fight. Um, yeah. And I'm just going off of Duel of Fates, because, like, I thought of mall. I'm like, right. Oh, like, what other scenes are there? Uh, the scene where Anakin, like, flies off and blows up that space station or something. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, 10. It's crazy, <laughs> but, like, it's it's good. Yeah. Like, and- I, I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I think they're definitely trying to draw parallels between Phantom Menace and A New Hope. Um, they tend yeah. to do that with the first movie in a trilogy is they're like, oh, let's have someone, let's have a Skywalker go and blow up one of these ships. Um, or, you know, some, you know, someone. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's pretty interesting to, to draw that parallel every single time they start a new trilogy. Yep, yep, for so, sure. Um, and so, I mean... Uh, the pod racing sequence is pretty cool as well. I mean, I think that's like 10 minutes long. You get, uh, Sebulba. <laughs> uh, Sebulba in this scene, and you get, uh, set up of water. I'm a Todarian. I, I only like money. <laughs> My God. He's literally just docking in a movie. Alien docking. <laughs> Well, the other listeners that don't go to Adrian College aren't going to get that joke, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty damn funny to us! Yeah. (laughs) The pod racing scene was fire, though. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. It was. I don't know if it was needed or not, but, like, it was sick. Uh, When the Tuscan sniped that uh, pod, I actually thought that was pretty damn cool. That was my favorite. Agreed. I, I thought that was a really cool scene and just Sebulba blowing up like a lot of the uh, pods. Like just he sticks a bomb in one and just blows the dude up. Um, and then there's like the dude that just runs into a stalactite <laughs> and just blows yeah, up. Yeah, the best of us. 
Yeah, oof. Uh, or the dude that gets his pit droid sucked into his engine during a pit stop. <laughs> oh, bro. You can't stay stuck on the podcast. No, <laughs> We're gonna have to censor that. Oof. Um, I said stop. Bleep. Bleep more. Bleep. <laughs> um, so, Josh, we wanted to save our memeiest characters for you to get back. So we have saved oh, we have saved Jar Jar and Anakin Skywalker. No, listen. Here's the thing with Jar Jar. It's okay to have like he would have worked fine if he just didn't sound like that. Like that's. Like, I'm fine with the whole, you like... if Jar Jar just walked into a frame? Like, Anakin, we should get out of here. <laughs> with this attack. <laughs> they drop a remaster, but they change his voice completely. It's like, Anakin. <laughs> okay, but there's he a theory... He like boss and no, but he's just... <laughs> My people need your help. Can you please come to Naboo, Qui-Gon? We need your help. Our city is under attack by the Separatists. We need... <laughs> but but every every other, like, Gungan sounds like normal, except for Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would, no. fit the, it would fit the fact that he's an outcast of his own... Uh, that, own... Is true, that is true. No, I think Jar Jar, like, he legit could have... Like, I don't care. Like, I don't mind the whole, like, Naboo subplot Mm -hmm. that has, like, you know, like, we see some more of his species and, like, just, like, what's going on over there and, like, you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are, you know, over there too, but, like, if he just didn't make a meme out of himself, (laughs) like, part of me is, like, they had to have been sitting in the studio, like, this is gonna be hilarious in ten years, like... (laughs) And then everybody shits <laughs> on it in ten years. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be hilarious next year. Wait, it's like it's what been like everybody t- stop swearing at Jake Lloyd, and it'll be funny. Um. Well, so Ahmed Best plays Jar Jar, and I did want to mention this and the fact like that the Star Wars community, really any community for a movie franchise, can be very toxic. And Ahmed Best has come out recently about you know, his suicidal, um, him wanting to commit suicide because of how he was treated by the Star Wars community. Yo, um, he wanted to straight up die because of all that? Yeah, yes. he was going to jump no off idea. a bridge. Like, he went into detail about it. I'm not going to lie. Just because I wasn't like... old enough to mm-hmm. go off about it. I hadn't even seen Phantom Menace until I actually grew up more. Right. And I didn't really watch any Star Wars movie until I grew up more because I was like, yeah, let's watch Cat and Hat. I'm like four. But, yeah, <laughs> well, when I grew up, up and like, now that I'm hearing about all of this stuff, like, it actually made me very upset mm-hmm. watching interviews of Ahmed Best and like, watching him talk about how, what he went through, because like, yeah. it's truly just, we saw Huh? I said he's felt like that ever since he played the role? Yeah. Like, ever since he Yes. People have been saying that stuff. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't even have a clue. And that we'll get crazy. we'll get to Jake Lloyd in a minute too because the same thing ha- has happened to Jake Lloyd. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it ended up happening to Hayden after they saw his acting, even though it. Well, I knew. I knew not his fault. Like, yeah. Hayden Christensen had received all that stuff, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And like, when you yeah. get to that situation, it's obviously it's obviously on the you know. The screenwriter and the studio, that's pretty much on them. He was pretty much yeah. doing his job at that point. Yeah, I don't blame it's, the actors. It's horrible, and if we, I, I hope that we could go back in time and, like, he seems very happy now, and everyone welcomes him when he shows up, and they mm-hmm. cheer for him. And which makes me very happy. Right. But I truly hope that one day we can just find out every single person that treated him so harshly. Right. And just look at them and be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, you should truly feel bad. Right. Same with, same with uh, Jake Lloyd and basically just them like torturing him out of a career. They should just feel bad. And, like, even um, Simon Pegg, 
is yeah. a big Star Wars guy. Right. And he has come out to say, listen, I hated Jar Jar. He was like, I was a Jar Jar hater. I was wrong. Right. He was like, we've treated those. He's like, the way we treated those people. He's like, what happened before Jake Lloyd? What happened before Ahmed Best? Like, it is horrible. Right. It should not happen to people. And he was talking out against it because the same thing was happening with um, Kelly Marie Tran yeah. the Last Jedi. They yeah. bullied her off of social media. And it, they should truly be ashamed of themselves. Like, yeah. if you don't enjoy it, shut up and not enjoy it. Like, you can talk about it, yeah, but if you're a trash-talking an actor or actress for their performance, shut the hell up. Right. Because they don't deserve it. Like, if you want to say someone is a bad actor, no, you just don't like their performance in this movie. Right. Like, you can never tell me that Jared Leto's a bad actor, because if you saw him in other movies, he's tremendous. I'm not only going to judge Jared Leto's acting career off of Suicide Squad, Mm -hmm. nor am I going to judge all these actors' performances only off of Star Wars movies. Look at Ewan McGregor. Frickin' Birds of Prey, Train Stopper, all of these huge movies that he's in that aren't Star Wars. Right. Mm -hmm. And, like, granted, he was great in Star Wars, but what if he was trash and everything else? Are we going to say he was a great actor only because of Star Wars? No. No. And I think it's truly horrible that they treated these people the way they did, and they should forever be ashamed of themselves. They should... Honestly, they should apologize. Like, I think they should write to the people and apologize for how they treated them because it was so horrible. Like, poor Jake Lloyd, poor Ahmed Best, and now even poor Kelly Marie Tran. Yes. They should be... They... I feel the utmost sympathy for them. I feel horrible that people would treat them that way. And even with voice actors occasionally. Um, and some mm-hmm. of the stuff that happens in animated series, they truly go voicing their uh, discomfort or unliking of something that happens in the worst of ways. And they should just feel ashamed of themselves or every time they personally attack somebody for a decision that was out of their hands or right. for something that was out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Like the big Lloyd, like most of the people were like, oh, his performance was horrible. Like, are you an angel? <laughs> and like, they don't think that like, they think that Jake Lloyd wrote that line. Yeah, no, he didn't. They were just given to him to perform. Like he didn't write any of that. So if you want to hate the line, in the line. I think George Lucas wrote a bunch of terrible fucking lines. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about this it, this whole prequel. On a different note, I think Jake Lloyd was like, he was fine, though. Like, he, yeah. Like, I think he performed fine. Like, it's not... A, oh, bro, I don't like how you said fine. It was yeah, like, oh, yeah, no, come on. <laughs> no, so... So Jake Lloyd, I agree. I I think again, it's gonna we're gonna talk about this the entire prequel trilogy and even the sequel trilogies. I think bad lines are fed to these actors and they just have to perform them. It's not the actor's fault. It is the fault of the writing. I rarely blame the actors. Like it, I don't even blame them at all. It's really stupid too. I agree with you, Josh. I, it's not. It shouldn't be their fault. And they shouldn't get attacked for it. Um, and as actors, sometimes you just can't make a line good. Like right. I can't imagine any actor making the line about sand actually performable. <laughs> like maybe it could happen, but I can't see it. Like I don't care if you get like a an actor that has been... Well, I don't care if you get Leonardo DiCaprio to come in I and talk know, about... Nicholas Cage. I, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief. I want Nicholas Cage to say that one. I can't picture it. Like, oh, dude, oh, I you look beautiful today. Movie. I've listened to some dumb-ass monologues, okay? <laughs> you know who is good, though? Uh, Darth Maul. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about him when we rank him. Um... But, I mean, I did just want to mention briefly with Jake Lloyd also, like, yeah, so he, it screwed him up. I believe he, I don't know if he really even acted in anything after Phantom Menace. Okay, yeah, so, and I think at one point he went to prison because, like, or to a psychiatric ward or something because of how he... Hey, that's a big jump, bro. I don't, I, I saw something that, that happened to him that he was just that screwed up by this, so... Um, all, I mean, all I know is that he was just very screwed up by all this. Um, so, 
Yeah, and I, we've already talked about Palpatine real quick, but I want to say my favorite line in this movie from Palpatine as Darth Sidious is when he's talking to, like, Newt Gunray and the, like, Nemodian captains on the droid ship, and he's just like, Viceroy, get the stunted slime out of my face, and he just insults the other Nemodian until he walks away. <laughs> my favorite line in this movie is when Darth Maul shows up, he's like, for a sick. And then Maul walks into the picture... And then they disappear. And what if uh, this is when the guy goes, This is getting out of hand! Now there are two of them! Yeah, that's, like, <laughs> that's the best meme. I mean, come on. No, the number is... one, yeah, we got that, Chief. We watched the scene. We saw him walk into the picture. <laughs> the and then we're like, Now this is getting out of hand! I was like, Yeah, yeah there are two of them. It's one of my favorite lines, I'm not going to lie, because it's just so funny. Like, this yeah. is getting out of hand. Now get a two of them. And the other guy's like, yeah. And then it just cuts to the next scene. Yeah, it's like, okay. Su yeah. Such weird scene cuts, too. I mean, it just, it cuts in the middle they of, like, a conversation. lines that were meant to be serious in the prequels. Like, they were meant to mean something. And they're just so funny to us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Obi-Wan, like, in episode three, like, I'm happy that. I was supposed to be like celebrating avoiding death. Yeah. It's just comedy dog. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to more of those lines when we get to those movies. Um kind of let's just talk about what I guess could have been done better or do I mean if you guys have anything or we can get to the rankings. Oh man, what could have been done better? Um I'm gonna say Seems like Jar Jar's complaint. voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say a complaint that can be applied to all of the prequels, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. The droids sound goofy as hell. They sound like straight up, like... Roger, Roger. Why, why can't they just... I know, I know, it's not supposed to be, like, horrifically dark. Hey! Like, <laughs> why can't they sound like that? Why can't they sound like cool murderers? Uh, you're under arrest. The super battle, like, why can't they just, like, all sound kind of like the super battle droids? <laughs> That's another thing. In, uh, episode three, the super battle droids have the same voice oh, as yeah. the regular battle droids. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I mean, Gabe, did you have anything else you were... Okay, well... There's a lot of things that could be changed about episode one. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not a movie maker, so I don't know. But right, going back to how I said, like, I thought it was kind of boring in some parts. Like, maybe mm -hmm. that you know, it maybe could have just used another director or something. I have no, I don't know. I think it needed no more action. Like, not like there was yeah. a lot of fighting, but it wasn't good action. Like, it was all just CGI, like, um, Jar Jar versus the Separatists. That's yeah. not what we wanted. Like, we're okay with that, but we don't want to see too much of it. What we really want to see is, the, what are the Jedi struggling with? <laughs> like, episode two gave us that when they go to Geonosis, right. uh, and they show, um, the fight in, in the stadium. Right. But, they, yeah... There wasn't really any lightsaber combat, and even when there was, it was cut very short with a bunch of edits jumping to other scenes. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even a full... The, the fighting between Darth Maul versus two, like, main Jedi... Oh, my game. <laughs> <laughs> the main Jedi is supposed to be, like, a big moment. And instead, it should have been one big continuous moment. And instead, it was chopped up to jump back and forth in between other scenes. And I just think it could have been handled better. It's like, that needs to be one big sequence. And that's something that also plagues um, a lot of other Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um... Like, there's ways that it could be done better. I where, like, you have a really long fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, a especially lot. with the, uh... In 3, I thought it was a little better, because it's jumping from fight to fight. Yeah. I know that the main one I'm thinking of is when it jumps from Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight to, to Palpatine and Yoda's fight. 
Which yes. is like, that's badass. Both of those fights are pretty damn good. Right. Yeah. But, it, yeah, those also, like, because if you're dumping back from fight to fight, you want to see more of that fight than less. So if you're, like, leaving a fight to see another fight, when we jump back, we want to still be where we left off. We don't want to be in, like, a completely different area doing a completely different thing. And then we feel like we missed out. These are facts. Yeah, people don't want that. Right. Yeah, I agree with both of what you guys are saying. Um, I think the, the scene cuts are really awkward. Obviously, the dialogue is poorly written a lot. I mean, we're talking about these memes here, and it's just... Yeah, and it's just like 15 minutes of the film. It's awesome. I love it. But that's 15 minutes of the film. And the rest, you know... Also, sorry, here's another big problem I have. Make Jar Jar good at fighting or don't. Right. Don't it. Don't make him so bad that he's good. Make him good or make him bad. Don't give me this half and half bullshit. I want one or the other. I'm getting confused. But he's a Sith Lord. (laughs) He's killing more than the people who are good. He's literally a Sith Lord in disguise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You summoned the blade of me. Okay, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about this theory as we get into episode two. But it's it's a legitimate theory. That's where the theory really takes off. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so, um, with that, I mean, I, so yeah, that, that's kind of all I had to say. I mean, I'll say the rest of my rankings coming up, but let's get to, um, let's start with the villain, Darth Maul. I know we have Darth Sidious here, but he breaks uh, out, he breaks out later, but, uh, let's talk about Darth Maul, Ray Park, who is, a he's a professional stunt stunt coordinator or stunt stunt oh, person. He is awesome. Yeah. Um Bro, he's been G.I. Joe, he was in Star Wars, he oh my gosh, he's the best. He was Snake Eyes. He was fact. he was unfortunate if you didn't know that he was Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movies. He was unfortunately towed in the first X Men. <laughs> okay, you didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we're we're trying to make you guys sound cool. Man. Okay. I agree. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you know what happens when a toad gets struck? You know what happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I. Um. So for Darth Maul. So for me, I gave him a four, and here's why. So the scenes are awesome with him, and the stunts are awesome. And so, that part is awesome, but he only has, like, ten words that he speaks in the entire movie, and we don't actually get really any development from Darth Maul until we get to Clone Wars when they decide to bring him back, because everybody loves his fighting and everything in this movie. Like, he's a fan favorite because of the Duel of the Fates fight at the end. Um, See, I I rate these things based off, well, if we're just talking characters, I rate... I will rate them based off coolness and entertainment. That's fair. That's one of my favorite scenes from any Star Wars movies. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's up there. It's like every fan has their favorite things. Usually, like, we share these same scenes in common. Like, everyone likes the freaking you know, Obi-Wan uh, mall fight, but... I I really like him. He's, he's, he's a six, and I know we're just staying with him within the realm of phantom menace but like we haven't seen a dual lightsaber ever before this maybe in the comics were comics still a thing back then yeah yeah they're, they, they, they released comics around the original trilogy era mm-hmm. and i um, think so but they probably didn't introduce him until phantom so what am i saying um, okay i know that as gabe said and as i know that we're sticking to phantom right now yeah but yeah my overall of Maul, I yelled five just to throw you off, but it's it's a six. He's the, he's awesome. Everything he grows into is amazing. His fight in here, and even just his voice, because his body was Ray Park, 
uh, he was voiced by the uh, British comedian Peter uh, uh, Peter <laughs> Peter Serafinowicz, and okay. he is, yes, he is hilarious, and it but he was like truly horrifying his mom's voice, like it was scary. He was like, I was like, oh, okay, bro, calm down, man. And it was, I, I think it was great. He sounded truly like a villain. Like, he, he was among Palpatine levels of evil, just with his voice. Now, admittedly, and like, he was right, Baruki. Like, he, he could have had more screen time. He could have had more... He lacked uh, in Phantom Menace. Yes. So, because they didn't let him shine. Yeah, so my thing with him, the reason I give him a four... I agree with you guys. He is amazingly cool. When I'm talking about, like, when I'm talking about the MCU villains, I like my villains to be a little developed as well, to have some backstory, mm -hmm. to have some great dialogue and some banter with the heroes. I just, you don't really get this from Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace alone. Like, I know we're saying, like, I think we should, like, I'm sticking to The Phantom Menace alone. I think he's awesome. Uh, I just watched his episodes from the Clone Wars series. That gets awesome. But here, it's just, it's hard because he doesn't get really any development, and he only speaks sure. ten words, and in, like, in a movie that's called The Phantom Menace, and you're marking it as, like, Darth Maul's face, like, on everything, on all the promotional material, and he's only in, like, ten to fifteen minutes of the entire movie, and it's kind of like, well, I kind of wish Darth Maul would have been in more of the movie, too. I'm giving yeah. him the six because <clears throat> also with me, I'm comparing him mm -hmm. to stuff that we saw in the original trilogy. And number one, him giving us the first appearance of a double-bladed lightsaber right. was insane. And also, he was the... It was technically the second, but I like to say he was the first. It was the first time we saw a Sith like, actually kill a Jedi. Was this like, in episode four, there was the Vader, like, cutting down Obi-Wan, but he just disappeared right away. Mm -hmm. This was the first time that, like, watched a Jedi die. Like, we watched the blade go through them, he fell to the ground, suffered, and then his Padawan was like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I, and he's like, train the kid, but... It was like one of the first times that we actually watched a Jedi like experience death by murder. Like we watched, and like they didn't fade off. Like his body was burned, mm -hmm. and they, he had a funeral. Like it was kind of the first time we saw real death in Star Wars. Yeah, and it was other than like stormtroopers getting shot hell up and stuff. But yeah, it was like the first time. And it was insane for us. Like, it was kind of crazy. Because also it was Liam Neeson. Like, bro, you don't right. Liam Neeson. Right. See, you kind of convinced me, though. Because, like, I think I might switch up to a five. Because, like, there's a couple characters, a couple villains I really like that I might reserve those sixes for. Yeah. So your, yours makes, like, your argument makes sense. So I think I'm going to, like, I'm, th I'm going to do, like, a very hearty five. I'm, I'm actually gonna throw out six is like I'm the devil, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Whatever 100%. I need to give a six to, I'm giving a six to. You... Star Wars got some good ass films. I agree. You can you can throw out as many sixes as you want. Like sixes are not you, you're not limited how many sixes you can throw out. If you think a villain is great, put a six there. I Rookie just in the podcast <laughs> like if you give out one more six, <laughs> I swear to God, I will kill you. <laughs> So, but I, I'm now witness the power of this fully operational number six. <laughs> you guys, you guys have convinced me. I put him up to a five now. I put him up a little bit because I do love how cool Darth Maul looks and this double-bladed lightsaber, and he does kill a freaking Jedi for the first time we see this. I and this, it's just I wanted marks a little bit off for that development, as I said, or lack thereof, but I think he's very, very cool, and I understand your points. I think a 5 is fair. Um, so overall, that gives Darth Maul a 5.67, um, I, and, I, and I think other villains rightfully should go above Darth Maul. I mean, we still are going to have mm -hmm. Palpatine and Vader later that are, should go higher than Maul. 
Um, so plus he was the first. I will say this too because I just thought about this. I think if I'm remembering correctly, <clears throat> when the Phantom Menace came out, this was the first time in a lightsaber duel that we actually saw like the whole duel that it was focused on like only saber like he did not use the force like Mm -hmm. one time it was just fully saber and you could tell that he was focused on his hatred like vader and obi-wan they just kind of fought oh yeah like, and, yeah. like, Maul, come up and he's like, like you around, saw like, him, like, tiger. yeah, like, Maul was, like, bringing his shoulders back and forward and, like, stretching, and he never, like, he didn't even blink while looking at Qui-Gon. Like, he just kept going back and forth and just getting ready to kill this mother, and, like, he, oh, my gosh, the, the hate and the anger and the rage, I could just see it in his eye. Oh, yeah, they did a great job with the makeup, and even Ray Park does a good job with the emotions, I think are really good. So I Even with the stud that Ray Park accidentally left in his ear, I think it makes him even cooler, because, like, oh my gosh, it's, oh, it's just the best. Yeah, so we've talked enough. 5.67, I'm sure there'll be... We've already mentioned Palpatine Invader. They're probably most likely going to go higher than Maul, but Maul deserves this pretty high placing. Um, let's talk about the movie of Phantom Menace. So I'll go first. Um, so for me, I originally had it. I was talking about it earlier. Um, I originally had this at a three point five uh, when I before I rewatched it, um, and uh, just because you know when I did when I we'd done our MC rankings, Will JJ and I like movies like the first Thor and uh, I'm trying to think of uh, first Thor and Iron Man 2. I had them at 3.5s because it's a little bit above average and so I was gonna put Phantom Menace at about there and it went down a full point for me um, in this just because a lot of the movie isn't really solid aside from like the 15 20 minutes that it is. I'm going to give this a 2.5. I think that, I think it's better, still better than some movies. I think the costuming, mm-hmm. the world building, the choreography for the Duel of the Fates is very spectacular. Um, and the pod racing scene is really cool. I think, you know, some of the, the actors did the best they could with what they were given. But it's just like, if we're talking, uh, compared to all the other Star Wars movies, I think Phantom Menace is towards the bottom. I think it's definitely bottom half of what we're going to talk about. Um, maybe top of the bottom half. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a 2.5. So I get that. I am I can be a pretty harsh movie critic. I'm not a critic. I'm just like, I can give pretty harsh reviews. Um, so when a movie is so bad and I want to give it, like, a scathing review, Mm -hmm. I have to look at, okay, what does it do right? Or what does it do for the franchise? And in this case, it establishes, it's like the, you know, it's like the beginning of the story. It's, you know, like, it establishes a lot of things. It puts in the groundwork. Even if it doesn't do it perfectly or even well some of the time, like, it, it does a service to the rest of the movies, so I have to give it a two. Okay. Uh, I I know I was starting to sound like I'd give it something higher, but frankly, like I one is like really bad for me. Mm-hmm. So anything better than a one is like okay. Well, you actually like you know it wasn't useless. You know what I mean? Like right. I appreciate parts of it, but two's the best I can do. Right. Uh, yeah, mine is also going to be a two, also because I was leading for three, but mm-hmm. then I was like, Ooh, that's like uh, a little too high, because I think the movie <clears throat> changed a lot of what people do at that time, and it was overwhelming, and I think that they tried to include too much new stuff, especially in the aliens, and they really overused CGI, and it kind of ruined a bunch of stuff for us. And, yeah, I think that, um, I, like, it's George Lucas's vision. So he can do whatever he wants. I am not going to say that, like, oh, he should have done this. I can only say, oh, I would have liked him to do this. But 
It's his vision. It's not personally. I'm not the biggest fan of episode one. I think there's more to be desired in episode two, and then the most to be desired in episode three. But in episode one, there's not that much. Everything that was introduced, other than Obi-Wan and Yoda and Mace Windu, was pretty much just thrown away in episode one. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Like, Maul's introduced, thrown away. Rygon's introduced, thrown away. Podraising is introduced, thrown away. Right. Like, most of this stuff is just never revisited. So it was kind of pointless to put it in episode one. Yeah, I agree. So that gives it a 2.17. We'll see if it if anything goes lower. <laughs> I'm doing maths over here. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that's how we have uh, everything for Phantom Menace. So next week we're going to do Attack the Clones, um, and we're going to recap the finale of The Mandalorian. Also, on the Marvel side of things, JJ and I are going to be doing Spider-Man 3. So get ready for emo Peter Parker. <laughs> and Sandman and Venom and and New Goblin. Very crowded movie, so it's going to be interesting to have JJ and I just shit on the movie, because I have a lot of harsh things to say about Spider-Man 3. Um, Did you hear that uh, <clears throat> the kid from uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and uh, what's his name? God, Willem Dafoe are in talks to come back to as the Green Goblins. No. Oh, Yo. Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Well, we we'll Yo. talk about that another time. But um, just wanted to tease what we're doing. Uh, see you guys next time on Tribe of Nerds.